Good afternoon. God is good all the time. Amen. Um, does everyone have a handout uh, with you? Is a does that, who doesn't have a handout? Please raise your hand, and we have we'll be handing out to you. And please keep it up. And you're gonna need a pen or a pencil, and just fill in the blanks. As a study guide, you can take it home with you, and you can study at home and go over the principles um, this afternoon. Now we only have a little bit of time, so I'm gonna go over, the, over a few texts, and then I'm gonna have you break into groups and practice something also. Give your hand up in the back there um, by the PA system. There's a few. Okay, so. First of all, before we begin, um, I think we can do it all. There are things, this, this is a loud and clear call. There's a newsletter sign up. And this is a CD ministry. We send you to the mail um, free sermon CDs every quarter and a newsletter to keep you updated what we're doing. So if you'd like to be on the mailing list, you can fill it out. Um, you can fill it out now. We can hand it in on the center and we can have um, some people pick it up actually at this time. And um, also, we want to let you know that we had our booth out there, but there's a school we have in Hawaii that we started, and it's called the Living Waters School of the Prophets on the Big Island in the summers for nine weeks. And we studied Daniel Revelation, but I, my burden is this. I want to marry last-day events and prophecy with God's love. Amen? So I want to see not only facts and what, where, when about last day events and prophecy. I want to know the why. In other words, I want, and the why is always love. What do you say? Amen? Because love is a power, right? So I want to know the love. So I, I, my burden is to combine the love with the last day event. So every last day event, every prophecy, every standard, every doctrine, my burden when I teach Revelation in this of School of the Prophets is that you will see a a, a more clearer picture of God's love, that you will love him more so that you will obey him more. What do you say, amen? Yeah. That's how I want to obey God with all my heart. How about you? Yeah. And the power is in God's love. So that's the burden of this school we have started in Hawaii, and we're looking forward for next year. Um, we are deciding to limit the amount of people we can take to keep the quality. I'm not interested in quantity. I'm more interested in quality, so we're going to limit the amount of people that can come. So just want to let you know, and they'll be having flyers tonight on the chairs for the, this school here. Um, if you have your Bibles, and you have, does everyone have a handout yet? Who doesn't have? Well, there's one over here that doesn't have a handout. Oh, I think she got it. Okay, so turn to me in your Bibles to John chapter 3, verse 16. I know, I know, you know this text. But I want to show you um, what we did, what I did last night, a couple of texts, and then I'm going to show you different principles. And what we'll be going over today is called the discovery of chronological order. The discovery of chronological order. And the reason I call, I call it the discovery is because I feel that when I was learning, not too many people were using the chronological order in, a, in Bible study because in John 3, 16, it wasn't clearly shown to me. It was quoted a lot, but I never saw things in it that, you know, I see in it now, right? So discovery, discover chronological order. And that's what we'll be looking at this time. So... Um, with this, we're going to be learning, and I pray that God will, not only is we learning this, see, what I'm going to do in this study, not only are we be learning this method of the study of chronological order, but also I want to marry it again with God's love today. So as we study this method, I pray that you will see more clearly a picture of God's love for you. 
Let us pray. Father, we humbly ask for you to be our divine teacher as we study and then break into groups for you to reveal to us your character of love. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 3, verse 16. So when I looked at this text, and I was, you know, it's, there's a difference between righteousness by works and righteousness by faith. And that's my main thrust. You know, there's got to be more than, you know, it's not based upon me doing things. Well, well, first of all, let me take you to another text. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. And this has been a key text that has really opened my eyes to the whole Bible. And it's actually about relationships. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. Turn in there, please. And then we go back to John chapter 3, verse 16. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. Notice what it says here. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. What do you say, huh? Amen? Women, what do you say, amen? <laughs> this is a painful um, text to some, a lot of women, you know. You know why? Because I had a friend once, and he always would go to women to, in their face and go, women, you need to submit. You ever knew someone like that? How many knew someone like that? Let me see your hands. Okay, I'm not the only one, right? So, but if you did stop there, did you know that this is righteousness by works? In other words, women, you submit to the man. That is righteousness by works. Now you think, what in the world am I talking about? Okay, let's look. To understand this text, you have to go to the next text. Verse 25. Let's see what it says. The Bible says, Husbands, what? Love your wives, even as what? Christ also what? Loved the church and gave himself for it. So now let's go back. Righteousness by faith, righteousness by work. Let's go righteousness by faith. Okay, let's go back to the gospel. Christ died on the cross. My question, here's my question. Why are we supposed to serve God? Why? Because he loved us. He loves us, right? First, right? He loves us. And then, in other words, we respond to that love, do we not? We respond to that love. So in other words, God loves, God, the gospel is God loves us. In other words, who's the initiator? God. And who's the responder? So God initiates his love to us, and we do not initiate anything with God. We only respond to his love. What do you say, amen? So God initiates his love we respond to that love because he loves us so much. That's the gospel. So let's take it back to the text before, 24, and let's see if we can understand that text. Okay, so, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, right? As that parallel, right? Then let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. In other words, be subject, right? So in the same way, um, 23, actually, yeah, 23 and 24, right? So, here you see that as a church, so in other words, the women submit to the men as the man first loves the woman. Do you guys see that? 
So the women only respond to the love of the husband. What, but what if the gospel is this? What if there is no love? Now, the Bible talks about that. The women can win over their husbands, right, by their conversation. But the gospel is this. When we as men, right, men, when we lead our homes and we love our wives as Christ loved the church, then and only then can we expect the gospel, and then and only then can we expect as men for our wives to submit to us. Amen? Amen. And what wife would not submit to their husbands if they saw the love of God within their husbands? True? If they knew, if your husband knew that your husband would die for you as Christ died for the church, if your husband, if you knew that your husband would die for you, would you not willingly submit to him? You did when you got married, did you not? Something happened from marriage to the day you're at right now, but there was a time that you would do anything for him. It was a joy to serve him, was it not? Why did he lose that joy? You know, I think men, we cop out a lot. You know, we lost our biblical roles, have we not? You know, my role model was Hollywood. And so God had to retrain me to the Bible, the role. So this key, this text unlocked my understanding of the whole Bible. Why? Because I've learned that God, like this text says, God always initiates and we always respond. What do you say, Amen. So with that understanding, we can unlock chronological order when we go to text. So turn to John chapter 3, verse 16. Now let's look at that text, John 3, 16. So when I look at this text, like last night I shared about this text. But I want to show you how I got there. So I came with the eyes of looking at this text that God initiates and I respond. I do not respond first and then God initiates. Yes, I do something and God does something after. But before I even do something, something happened before that that made me want to respond. Does that make sense? Okay, so look at John 3, verse 16. The Bible says there's four things, there's four verbs, four action verbs that happen. The Bible, the Bible says, for God saw what? What's the first thing? Love. Love. Now, chronological order means what is the sequential order? What is the order of events that happens? Love. God loves the, the world, that's you and me, that he what? Gave, the second word, right? That he gave his only begotten son. That who, and whose part is this, the first part? Loving. Whose part is that first? Us or God? God. The second part, giving. Who is that? Us or God? Okay, the third one, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, what? That's the third one, believes. That's the third step, right? Believes. Whose part is that, God or us? Ah, and the last part shall obtain what? Everlasting life, okay? That's a benefit God gives to us. Yes, cause and effect, cause and effect too, right? We learned that in our Bible study in, uh, inside the cafeteria. Very good. You were paying attention, actually. Very good. Amen. So here you have, now we normally say, okay, what must I do to be saved? And you know what we tell people? You, you need to believe. If you don't believe, you're lost. True. But could it be possible that we're missing the gospel, that there are steps that happen before you even believe? And those steps that happen is that God initiated, and you're only responding to what God already is doing in your life. Amen? Amen. You can never believe unless the Holy Spirit has already been working in your heart. 
And if you ever come to Christ, it's not anything that works or even you have done. Even coming to Christ is not of your own power. It's only because the Holy Spirit was working and prompting and calling upon your heart to believe, beloved. What do you say, amen? And that's the gospel. So you look at this, so God loves us first, right? Then he blesses us so we understand his love. Then we believe and then we are saved. What a beautiful God we have. What do you say, huh? Amen? Okay, this is homework for you. I know we have a um, little bit of time here. So um, if you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. And you're going to see this cause and effect that's happening here. But chronological order is um, not linked like we did in the study in there. It's like cause and effect linked text to text. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Okay, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, please. And the Bible says, Okay, what constrains us as Christians to do good works? The Bible says, for the what? Love of Christ, what? Constrains us. Now, another word for constrained is compels, drives, force, or push. Now, what we need to do is, when you look at a text to determine what is the order, you ask yourself the questions, which comes first, in a, like in a question. Is it this comes first before that, or you, does this come first before that? A lot of times in the Bible, it goes backwards. In other words, the Bible puts a certain order backwards, and you have to flip the order to really understand what's really going on. So let's look at this text. So the question I would ask when I'm looking at this text, I would ask, um, do we constrain ourselves to do good works and then experience the love of Christ? Is that what happens? Do we force ourselves to do good works, right? And then we experience the love of Christ? Or do we experience the love of Christ and because we experience the love of Christ, we then do good works? Is that how it works? Yeah. Amen? So that is the order. That is chronological order. You're asking which comes first. What do you put before one or the other? Okay, let's go to another text. I'm giving you examples because um, you're going to break into groups in four, you know, four or five or six or seven right after this. We don't have too much time. So let's go to the next text in Romans chapter 13, verse 10. I think we went over that um, in the class. But Romans 13, verse 10. Notice the Bible says here. Love works no ill to his neighbor, therefore... What does it say? Love is the what? Fulfilling of the what? The law, right? So the question is, do we fulfill the law on our own and then experience the love of God, right? That's the question to ask. Or do we experience the love of God that gives us a power to fulfill the law? Which is it? The second one, right? Do you see that? So when we experience the love of God, we will fulfill the law. And how is that so? Because remember, the first four commandments is love to who? God. God. Last six commandments are love to who? Each other, right? So love fulfills the law of God. Because the law reveals God's love. That's what it does. It reveals, the law reveals that if you have the love of God, you will obey all of God's commandments. What do you say, Amen. This is my burden, because I've been there. 
and this evolved in present too. I've heard a lot of presentations and studies and classes and sermons on what I need to do and what I shouldn't do. Have you heard that also? But I never, I rarely hear in the same um, presentation, I never heard in the past where the love of God was so clearly presented before the law, right, in that same presentation, where I um, experienced, I seen God's love more so that I wanted to obey God. Are you guys, do you guys unfollow me? Do you guys, are you with me? In other words, from my background, I was so much into the law, right, obedience, and I've heard it all. But if you do not present the power to do those things that God has asked you to do, we're leaving you worse off than if you never heard what you need to do and what you don't need to do. True? In fact, it is better to be in the world and not hear about the law than to be in the church and hear about the law and not hear about God's love. That's why Paul said, what I thought was to be a blessing, Paul said, turned out to be a curse. What I thought was to be good, he said, which is the law, turned out to be a curse. And that's why it's important that I believe the gospel needs to be married with whatever is taught, whatever doctrine, standards, prophecy, um, whatever it is, um, last day events, it must be married together. If you do not marry them together, you're going to end up like Romans chapter 7. Paul said um, what he wanted to do, he didn't do. What he knew that he shouldn't do, he did. You ever experienced that before? I know I shouldn't get mad at my, I know I shouldn't get irritated at my kids, but I'm getting irritated, right? I know I shouldn't get mad at my wife and give them a cold shoulder, right, for the day, but I'm giving them a cold shoulder, right? Why do we keep on going over the same sins and asking for repentance, right? And I believe that's because the power of God is not there. What is that power? What is the power that gives a victory over sin? What is it we learned last night? Love. That's the power. We need more of God's love. Amen? Amen. We need both, right? We can't just say, I love everyone, doesn't matter what you do, just love, 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 right? That doesn't work, right? Because you're still saying, oh yeah, you can still be, you know, yelling at your kids and, you know, giving a cold shoulder to your husband or your wife and say, it doesn't matter what I do, I just love God. I just got to love God, right? You don't know my heart. You ever done that before? <laughs> that doesn't work. And then the other extreme, that's one extreme. Then the other extreme says, yeah, hey, um, you know, um, you need obedience. We need to love each other. You know, we got to love our enemies. I got to be kind to my wife and not give a cold shoulder. My children, I love them. And then I got to do this. And all you got to do is Sabbath um, uh, obedience and Sabbath keeping, keep it more holy. And then this and that, Sabbath reform and health reform and dress reform and all these reforms. But you leave out the love of God and guess what happens? miserable. In fact, it's more miserable. That's why you notice that those people say, it doesn't matter what you do, just love God. They seem to be more happy, right? They're enjoying life, right? Because there is no law, right? And then the other extreme, the people who have so much law and such a burden, they're never happy, right? They're miserable. But the gospel is such that you understand the love of God, you will obey God. Not because you feel you have to, Oh, you're afraid of God because you love him and you want to. Amen? Amen. Kind of like how when you were first married, wasn't it? Exactly how it was. The honeymoon. You know, the average in-love experience lasts just two years. That's what they say. 
two years. It's so sad what we're doing in our homes are paralleling to the church. We fall in love with God, with our spouses so much that it's so natural for us to fall in love with God. And our lives short, we're not being obedient to God. In other words, our disobedience proves that we do not love God. Are you following me? Our disobedience proves that we do not love God because if you love me, you will what? You'll keep my commandments. John 14, verse 23 is more tighter. It says, if you love me, you will keep my word. And that's the power of God's word. You will cause and effect. We learned that earlier. Okay, so that's important. So let's look at another text here, and I'm going to break you up soon. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter uh, 3, verse 26. Okay, Acts chapter 3, verse 26. Notice what it says here. Acts chapter 3, verse 26. The Bible says, Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. Now, why did God send Jesus to bless us for? What's the purpose of this? What's the cause and effect? What's the reason why? What's the chronological order here? God sent his son Jesus to bless us for what purpose? The Bible says, what does it say there? From what? What's another word for iniquities? Sin. So in other words, God sends his blessings upon us and down upon us. Why? So that he can turn us away from sin. In other words, the blessings of God's love is the power that gives us the victory over sin. Are you following me? Let's go chronological order, right? So God blesses you and loves you so you can have the victory over sin, right? But I hear a lot of times, don't we say? In other words, God blesses us and loves us so that we will be obedient. But I hear a lot of times, and most, actually all the time, if you're obedient, then God will what? Love you and bless you. Are you following me? Now, according to this text, that's true now, okay? But according to this text, that's not true. According to this text, God, in other words, this is how it works. God blesses us and loves us first, initiates, right? I'm thinking initiating, initiation, response. We learn about that, right? God loves us and blesses us first, and because he blesses us, then we will what? And he loves us, we will what? Turn from sin because we will obey because we want to, right? And then because we obey, guess what happens? He will what? Bless us even more. Are you following me? And so it is true that if you obey God, there are special blessings. You know, God blesses and sends the rain on the just and the unjust, does he not, right? So in other words, God blesses the evil people before they're obedient, right? So yes, it's true that you're obedient, God blesses us. Amen. Praise God. We know all that. But there's another thing. Before you even, before you do not initiate the obedience to get, you know, you do not initiate before God does something. No, God is the one that initiated one step before you even responded. And he initiated by blessing you and giving you good things and giving you life and health and food and a family and love and revealing his love to you in nature or whatever it is through his word. And he loves you, and the chronological order is he loves you, bless you, then you will obey. And yes, because you obey, the special blessings added upon that, and it goes on and on. But we need to understand from the word of God, I believe more of God's chronological order. What do you say, huh? Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go to another text, and I'm going to break you up. Um, in five minutes. Okay, let's go to 
Okay, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Are you guys seeing how this works, chronological order? Yeah? It's very similar to cause and effect. But you want to put it into the right order, right? 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Okay, there's a f- famous text. Okay, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. The Bible says, We love him because he what? First what? Loved us. Now here's an example that this text is not in the right chronological order. Do you see that? Then the Bible does this a lot. It goes backwards. So you have to think backwards on this. So what I do is I, because he what? First loved us. So where does God loving us happen in this equation? At the end or the beginning? You guys see that? Is that clear? Okay, so God loves, so I'm going to interpret this to chronological order. God loves us, right? And because he loves us, what's going to happen? We will love him, right? Amen? God loves us. And because he, remember again, we learned that initiation response, God always initiates. So God loves us, and because he loves us first, that's the only, in other words, if God did not love you, it is impossible for you to love him. Impossible, according to this text. So in other words, um, well, look at your handout. Do you see there on page, uh, I think it's six, but it says, only by love is love awakened. To know God is to what? Love Love him. So in other words, if you know God's love for you, you will love him, and that's automatic. Amen? So... Um, the question to ask for this, um, that I would ask would, would be this. Does God's love for us awaken when he finally sees us loving him? Is that how it works? In other words, does God's love for me awaken within his heart when he finally sees me finally loving him? Is that how it works? No. Sometimes we think that way, but it doesn't work that way. In other words, our love for God actually awakens when we see God's love for you and me, right? Amen? That's what God wants us to see, I believe, this afternoon. So what we're going to be doing is um, we have... Okay, you're going to break into groups, three and four, and you're going to study in groups. And I want, what I want you to do is I want you to go to 1 John chapters 1 to 5, and I want you to pick some texts and... It can just be one text. Don't do the chapters. Just do one text or maybe two or three. Whatever. Find some text that you can see chronological order and you can actually bring it out or cause the effect, whatever, and you can bring it out and share with the rest of the group. And I want you to focus, especially, this, John talks a lot about God's love, right? So focus, try and see if you can see God's character of love within, um, within these chronological order texts, okay? So at this time, we're going to go for like maybe... I think I have uh, 10 minutes, and then we come back, okay? 10 minutes. Go into groups, three and four. Open your Bible. You can do this, and find out chronological order. Does everyone understand? If you understand, um, let me hear you say amen. Amen? amen. Okay, okay, go ahead. First John chapters 1 to 5, you pick a text. Or two or three. And let the Holy Spirit lead you, because he will lead you. Thirty seconds. 
Okay, thank you. 10, 9, 8, 7, 3, 2, <laughs> 1. Okay? Okay, so now, how was it? Was it okay? Does everyone understand? Okay. Okay, good, good. Okay, now here's the thing. I want you to think that I, you're speaking to me, okay? And I want you to present to me as if I'm either someone who doesn't, you know, coming out of, doesn't matter what you do, just love God, you don't have to, or, or actually, don't have to, actually don't understand about God's love. Because we are talking about God's love, right? Did you guys talk, find anything about God's love? Who found about God's love? Let me see your hands. You guys found it? Okay. Okay, so let's see if we can do it with, um, I, know I'm, I know I'm narrowing it down, Okay. But let's start with God's love because I know I think we have a few hands there, right? So who thinks you can share about something about God's love so I can get a good grasp about God's love at this time? Because I want power. I'm tired of um, trying to obey and I'm still failing in my, my habit or my sin in my life. I'm, I keep on sinning and sinning and sinning. And I want to see a, a, a better picture of God's love that gives me the power to have victory. Does anyone can give me that power at this time? Please raise your hand. Okay, go ahead. The microphone right here, right there in the blue. Four and verse uh, eight. Okay. So it says, um, did I get that right? Verse eight. Yeah. Hmm. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So it starts with God is love first. Okay. And then we have to get to know him. Okay. And then we will love. But if we don't get to know him, we won't love. So in order to, to love, we have to get to know God. So the order is God is love. We get to know him. And then we learn what love is. Good. Very good. I see what you did. Okay, okay. So he's saying that God is already loved. That's stated already, right? And if we get to know God, then we will what? Amen. We will love him. Amen? So it's like if you get to know God, you will, right, love God. Okay? Um, I seen uh, this hand over here. Okay. And then we'll go to the back there. Next. Very good. Amen. You're converting me. Not quite, though. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. I'm reading from... First um, John four, seventeen. Okay. And I think this is a perfect, um, you know, on love because hmm. many of us struggle with love, and many of us have challenges. I mean, all kinds of challenges with love in our life. And um, I picked this verse because it says, first of all, that God is love, and all who love, who live in love, live in God. For, so first of all, God is love, and this what is for text? everyone. What text is that? Um, 1 John 4, uh -huh. 17. 17. Okay, go ahead. Uh, 16. 16. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm reading right now. Okay. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love, and God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So first of all, God is love. Okay, and God. And all who lives in love live in God. Okay. And then God lives in them. And as we live in God, we grow in his love into perfection. Amen. You see the last part she did? God is love already. And he that dwells in love dwells in God because God is really love, right? And God dwells in him. Very good. So you see in the order that's happening. Very good. Um, going to back there, um, I saw a couple of hands. Anyone on this side? 
It right. says in verse 10, it says, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but He loves us. Okay. And sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sin. God loved us, for, you mean, but that He loved us. You mean, not that we loved Him, but He loved us. Okay. And you mean, sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Um, I'm trying to figure out what that word propitiation is. Atonement for our sins, eh? Exactly, yeah. A substitute? What is it? I don't know. Ivor? <laughs> yes, atonement. Sacrifice. But you mean it was God who initiated the love. You mean we didn't love him. He loved us and he sent his son hmm. to be a good, substitute good. for our sins. So you put in the orders that you're saying that he loved us, right? Then he sent his son. And um, that is what true love is. Not us loving him first, right? That's what it's saying, right? Amen. Okay. Um, go ahead and back right there. Good. You're getting closer. You're really hitting my heart here. Good, good. Okay. Uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 5. Chapter 2. says, and now it reads, But five. whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. Well, as I, as I see it, if we do this chronologically, if you want to know that you're in God, keep his word. That's the word of God, the Bible. And the more you put the word of God, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against me, the more you have of love of God is perfected in you. So we can have the spirit, praise the Lord, but we need the word. And the more of the word you have and the more God you have, the more God you have in, the more of his love is perfected in you. Amen. Okay, that's good. Any other thoughts on that? Um... Okay, she wants to add to that. I saw something else in here too. So very good. Go ahead. And that's true. Go ahead. If you look, if you continue on that verse, on verse 5, it says, Hereby know we that we are in him. Hmm. So if you keep his word, you know, you can tell by your own actions and by your own impulses and desires whether or not Christ is living in you. Because a lot of times your desires will become molded like his. So mm. you're, because your thoughts are like his and you love what he loved, you will see it coming out of mm. you. Mm. Amen, amen. Can I interpret this text how I see it? I mean, is that okay? We'll see how, okay. I see it more as whosoever keepeth his word, right? In him verily is the love of God perfected. I look at that more so that in the person who has the love of God perfected in him, he will keep the word of God. Amen? He will keep the word. So, that's the gospel, right? Isn't that how the love works? Love makes us obedient. We learned that lesson last night and today that whoever um, keeps his word, you know, is because they have the love of God perfected. Anyone else here? Any thoughts on this or, or another text? Maybe someone who didn't have a chance yet, you know? <laughs> oh, a group that didn't have. Actually, I don't know how much time I got left. Oh, I got, um, I got three minutes. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead. One last, one last one. Um, I like, um, uh, well, chapter 3, 11, 12, 13, 14, but I'm just going to break it down. And it says that from the very beginning, he mentions that from the beginning, there's love. Then there's Cain and Abel. There was a choice there, a choice to choose love or not. Mm -hmm. And then it says here that we pass from death 
down to 14, death unto life. So the choice is ours. God's love was from the very beginning. It was the message was out there. And so we have the opportunity to choose. Amen. Between the two. Okay, and to good. have life or death. Okay, good. Thank you. Was this helpful to you, understanding? Yeah? Amen? Okay. Um, I'm going to close at this time, but uh, before I close, there was a card handed out to you, and this is for our ministry sign-up. We get a um, CD ministry mail-out. We send out a sermon presentation on every quarter, so if you can fill this out. And if you're done, you can hand out to the center now. We can pick it up at this time. Uh, and uh, thank you very much. And Janie. Oh, thank you, Uncle. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. No one else can help. You can just put it down to the center of the aisles, and then we'll finish up this session. So, if you can remember that God always, what does God always do? Does He always respond or does He initiate? God initiates and we what? This is going to open up your eyes to everything. That it doesn't start with you to do something before God will respond. It, God had already initiated everything. And when you finally see that, that's going to, love awakens love, right? That's going to awaken a, something in you to respond back to what God already did because we serve a loving God. What do you say, huh? Amen? And it's that love that will give us the power to uh, be obedient, to loving wonderful, merciful God that we can reflect God's character and finally go home. What do you say? Huh? Amen? So with that, um, why don't you bow your heads huh, with me as we pray and close. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that we may take the lessons this all weekend with Pastor Myers and um, Taz and we thank you for um, Martin and Pastor Bassler. We pray that we continue to to teach us and be our teacher. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is produced by a loud and clear call ministries. Our mission is to uplift God's character of love through the preaching and teaching of the everlasting gospel in this generation. For more information on our ministry and the resources we provide, please go to our website at www.aloudandclearcall.org. That's www.aloudandclearcall.org. Mahalo and God bless.